Welcome to the Innovation Today podcast, where we speak with today's technology leaders about how they're innovating to stay ahead of changing industry dynamics and reaching new levels of productivity and automation. Brought to you by ServiceNow, your partner in digital transformation. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Innovation Today podcast. I am your host, Jessica Constantinidis, Field Innovation Officer EMEA at ServiceNow. Today, we're excited to welcome Scott Mason, partner and COO of Switzerland at EY. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, Jessica. Great to be with you today. It's a pleasure to have you. Today, we're going to dive into the topic of global business services. I think some of us call it GBS, right? We're going to talk a lot about the path to customer and employee experience. But I think, Scott, first, why don't you tell us a bit about your role and why this topic is of importance right now? Yeah, thank you. It's it's. I'm super passionate about it, as you'll hear. You know, as we go on, I, I think the you know, reason is, you know, so we've we've just come come out of doing some or sponsored some work with SSON, which is the industry body for for GBS shared services. And it's fascinating to see some some of the feedback out of that, Jessica. Firstly, almost two thirds of companies actively support and see value in GBS. So it's a it's a business phenomenon. Yeah, that um, you know we have to take very very seriously, and it's becoming even more. A topic for for organizations, you know, because of all the disruption that's going on in the supply chain, inflation, war, etc. This is all impacting uh, or creating more uncertainty for businesses. And with uncertainty, there's a focus in on sort of how to manage that. And the, the notion of GBS then becomes, or the model of GBS becomes more and more important. I got into this through, uh, I've worked in shared services uh, in the IT area for many years and helped develop and make those effective. And then informing a GBS organization when I was in industry with Novartis, um, we stood up a very large GBS almost overnight and then optimized that through different waves over time. And it became, uh, you know, sort of front row experience on the power that that model can have. I found that in pursuing my career there is uh, looking after ServiceNow and our, uh, you know, me a practice with, uh, with EY. The GBS focus has been an area where we can really help clients uh, make some traction. And we'll talk more about that. I think what the role of uh, ServiceNow is, what impact it can have. Looking forward to that. Fantastic. Thank you for that, Scott. I think this podcast is actually a really good timing because EY recently sponsored a report on the state of global business services in 2023 and beyond. Yeah. Um, I think it was very powerful, right? And 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 it led to to say in the report that 61 of respondents stated that they have committed to GBS. So, so what have you learned from this reason? A couple of things. There, one, the power of, as I say, the adoption of GBS as a as a business model construct is, as you said, you know, it's, it's two thirds of companies. What's interesting is what's the rationale for that? Right now, as I mentioned in the intro, is there's a need for for cost optimization, particularly with the market uncertainty and so forth. And GBS has typically been primarily about cost optimization in enterprise. Group you know functional activities together, scale, work out how to do that you know take advantage of arbitrage, um, optimization, you know uh, automation and so forth. So that's been the journey of GBS and it's been very successful. We've seen the model develop over time and evolve to the point of what we call GBS today. And GBS maybe it's helpful just together we talk about what do we mean by GBS. Probably one definition would be you know GBS the, the G for global you know the business services stands for having sort of advanced shared service into global, globally organized functions, one centralized approach 
to uh, to managing uh, you know to managing these functions and looking for optimization you know across as one business unit rather than separate entities. And with that comes, say, there has been a lot of progress in terms of uh, impact, um, cost, transparency, satisfaction, so forth. And today, that's that, you know that's considered sort of a more advanced form of shared services. Yeah, so in that same kind of context, we would then put enterprise services or center of excellence or whatever, right? So it's in that same context that yeah. we basically start to optimize cost and look at everything else. Yeah, it's typically when you say center of excellence or others would call that a, probably a shared service. Those were the, if you say, the original starting points along that evolution. And then as they've globalized from regional into, into you know, global entities, then more functions have come on board into that model. You now got this progression into fully baked GBS organizations. Now the question is, what comes next? In my experience, you know, we uh, personal experience there, and we're seeing this well with many clients. Advance to that GBS model, and at some point, you exhaust the benefits there. The, and, and we see CSAT reach a plateau. We see cost optimization reach. You know, it becomes very incremental in terms of the benefits that can be eked out of the GBS model. And so. Organizations are starting to say, well, what do we do next? Um, where's the next value frontier? That's when probably transformation comes in then, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think transformation, I would say you know, there's a transformation in the GBS model itself. And then what we're seeing at the most, if you like, the most advanced level is GBS now becoming a transformation engine for the rest of the enterprise. Maybe unpack that a little bit, but um, maybe first of all, you know, Epiphany from... In, in, in my experience, a few years back in the artist, when we we felt we hit that plateau, CSAT cost optimization, in fu- looking at functional optimization in a GBS construct, and realized we have to change something. You know, how do we move into it? What do we need to do to unlock more more value? And we weren't the first to do that, but certainly the um, you know pivoting quickly to say we need to look across the silos. We need to look at uh, end-to-end services. What's really going to be beneficial for you know for employees, for suppliers, for other stakeholders, customers, if you like, of GBS? In the end, they're not interested in the functional silo. That's a that's a point of view from production. So you're optimizing production, but really flipping that. Well, let's say 90 degrees to how do we want to consume? What what do customers want? How do they want to consume services? Uh, what drives what drives the best value for customers? And that's where that end-to-end perspective comes in. So there we might talk of classically, you know, hire to retire or, you know, easy easy buy, easy pay, if we think of procure to pay. New concepts where, you, where you're spanning across multiple traditional silos and organizing how, the, how services are delivered to customers in a new way. That's quite a shift for some companies, right? It's most of them are stuck in those BUs, right? Yeah, it's typically it's, you know, the, the functional functional orientation is very solidly baked, if you say that. And then you know, breaking that mold is, is a power shift and, a, and not a trivial one you know, to make. It needs doesn't mean you necessarily need to create new organizations, but you need to create new roles and, and power structures that allow for that, that view and, and organization across for these these end to end services across the uh, across the silos, and that is not trivial. Yeah, and you alluded to the fact that there's a lot happening in the economy as well, right? So there's wars, there's 
cost restraints and all of that. So I, I always say never ways to do crisis. And I think this is the right moment to then go in and start to look at those things differently, right? It very much is. On a couple of levels, I think in just stick with employees, but it, it, it also holds for other customers. The expectations have, have changed. COVID also impacted that significantly. You know, we brought, we show we could do a lot more virtually and, and a lot more effectively. And also through consumer, you know, our consumer experience in everyday, as a, as a consumer in everyday life, you know, employees expect more and uh, they're not, they're not happy with the traditional mode of delivery and quality of delivery of a, of a traditional GBS organization. So the expectations from the business context have, have risen. We need more value out of GBS. We cannot, you know, what's it going to be? And from a consumer standpoint, we're saying we don't, you know, the, the satisfaction levels are really impacted by higher expectations and typically not the best quality from an internal, you know, from an internal GBS organization. Yeah, and I can echo that. I think, you know, after COVID, people started to realize that, you know, productivity might actually go up when you're working in a different environment. So I get that. Now, now CSAT is a different thing to measure. And I think when you go into a lot of companies, it's all about the measurement of cost and the measurement of anything else. But how do you measure CSAT, right? So that's a difficult one. And I think it's quite a task to start moving that company's focus into that other area from cost to task focus to experience. And I think some of the misconceptions about that transformation, can you just allude a little bit to those? Yeah, well, first, even, even CSAT itself is a simple measure and, and like a traditional outdated measure. But when we, as you nicely said, Jesse, when we start to talk about experience, we start to talk about difference. How do, how do, uh, you know, what do we want to measure there? Maybe NPS is typically one metric, for example. Are people promoters of what's going on here, not just f filling in some type of uh, survey, which t traditionally is not very much insight. Now, what's happening is, is you know, that, uh, that, the, that pivot there to say we cannot, you know, we need to do something different. We need to organize and start to redesign how we deliver to our customers, employees, buyers, as I said, so forth. You know, how do we go about that? And that, that requires new skill sets. It requires a, you know, a very different lens of an, an approach to, to a GBS organization, starting with just an understanding of who are my customers? Uh, which, you know, what are the relevant personas? What are the experience journeys that make sense for them? How do I map those out? How do I start to think about how I can influence, improve that you know, the experience levels across that journey. Those are all, it's a new lens, requires new skill sets and capabilities, and obviously requires a transformational approach compared to what people do today to, you know, to exercise those, put those things into practice. Yeah, and I think a lot of the times when you look at GBS, it's kind of like the senior management that needs a little bit of an awakening, right? They, they need to look at things differently from a different angle to then go into that new environment. Now, when it comes to the flywheel, I think, is, is it fair to say that, that technology becomes the connecting rod of all of those things? Technology increasingly, and we saw that in the, uh, in the, the survey work, research work with SSON, it really showed up the importance of technology in, in the future of the GBS model. And that there's many levels to that in terms of automation and process uh, you know, efficiency. Um, equally, when we come to think about the core of GBS and, and here, you know, which is how do I express my services catalog or my service portfolio? How do I measure uh, how I deliver on those and the experience around them? 
and that, that that's very much given the scale of GBS has to be technology enabled. Um, and you mentioned the, the flywheel. Maybe I need to st exp you know, expand a little bit on that. We we call this journey of uh, moving from a traditional GBS into this next S curve of or next frontier of, of of GBS. You know, it's it's quite a transformational shift. The core to that is, as we've discussed, you know, shift from process and silo orientation to really end-to-end -end services built on experience. That doesn't happen overnight. Point one, that's going to be something that's incremental. It's not, a, it's not an on-off off switch. And so the notion of a flywheel is that we build up momentum over time. And you, you, if there are a few levers that help help increase the momentum of, of the flywheel. I know it's an industrial age metaphor, but I hope it'll work. And and the flywheel needs to to rotate around an ax an axle axis at some point, and that metaphor seems to hold with what we're observing in the marketplace and working with clients. Firstly, sort of four levers that build that momentum to be able to make that change from traditional to this next wave of GBS. First of those that experience lens, adopting that, starting to put that into practice, starting to design experiences and. Uh, Make those available to the customers of, G of GBS. And that builds that builds credibility and confidence uh, over and above what GBS may have in the organization today. And typically, GBS have a unfortunately have a, a second class citizen sort of status in many enterprises. Um, so being able to show a, a greater experience and demonstrate that, put that into action, typically gives permission to to do more which comes that second level lever of, on the flywheel of being able to scale out gps we're starting to see initially it was you know one and two and three maybe functional uh, gps organizations now five six seven eight ten you know functions are being bundled into gps more and more capabilities there and with scale you know that that delivers uh uh, it's a greater opportunity then to deliver performance uh, back to the organization being the third lever then being able to measure demonstrate quality demonstrate responsiveness demonstrate impact at a much better level than what, what's done typically today that performance lever also then contributes to spinning you know flywheel gaining momentum and building the credibility of gbs the fourth lever we see is is brand gbs brand today we said is is bit second class, even that the word service is sometimes seen as subservient rather than the traditional meaning, you know, the true meaning of what that should mean. But but GBS, as these other levers apply, starting is building a new brand uh, for itself within the enterprise, starting to be seen as a talent growth opportunity, the careers people can build and the skills they can get working across the enterprise are starting to is starting to be recognized as an asset. Uh, we're seeing innovation capabilities move into GBS. GBS becomes then a catalyst for innovation. Uh, and so with that, the GBS brand also starts to to increase. And then then we get the flywheel spinning, you know, moves more and more as as more and more is done to to shift to a experience led led model. And that that's really that's not an over I said not an overnight exercise. It needs to be done you know, with, with very uh, strong sort of transformational focus with all, all the things that come with that. People focus, leadership, you know, and, uh, you know strategic uh, mindset and, uh, and strong execution capabilities. It's a multi-year journey. 
when I think about a flywheel, I always think about innovation because it goes on and on and on, right? People think we implement GBS, tick in the box, we're done, we're set. That's not the case, right? And it's it's ever transforming, it's ever changing, it's ever innovating. Because look at where we are today. You know, I think 2023 is a year of AI and chat GPT and everything that happened, mm. right? So I think if there's one thing I learned this year is that if you're not actually following everything, in three months' time, you can be outdated. So for me, that flywheel also comes into that innovation, into that constant change of that business because that business is not going to be static. Yeah, it is going to move, right? Agree. Agree very much. And it's, uh, it's part of that, uh, you know, as, as the GBS is sort of building out this, uh, you know, this more increasing the momentum of this flywheel effect with that naturally building up certain capabilities. One, one client uh, fortunate to work with has created a, a global customer experience team. Now that helps GBS go on its own journey to to pivot from you know functional silos into this new uh, experience-led model, an end-to-end uh, service model. And with that, the capabilities they've built to be able to reimagine these services and put those into practice, they're able to export, use that capability, not just to apply to the GBS remit scope, but if you like, export that to the rest of the enterprise and saying, you know, we've got this skill set, it's unique, other people need that. It doesn't mean taking over their, their work and bringing that under the GBS banner, but you can, you know, apply that experience excellence in situ for, you know, let's say other customer facing experiences that are typically not within, as I say, not within a GBS remit. That, that gets really, that's interesting. And then with that, um, you know, we see, when we talk about GBS being a transformation engine for the enterprise, that's what we mean. Those capabilities start to become, or GBS becomes the hub for these very specialized capabilities. It can be around enterprise service management. I mean, we've talked a little bit about that. Uh, and experience excellence. It can be about automation, uh, intelligent automation capabilities, um, and so on and so forth. It can be about program management that could be offered as a service to the rest of the enterprise. So there's sort of two levels there. One is, the, if you like, the service engine for the uh, for the organization and then additional capabilities as a service that gbs then if you like brings to the rest of the organization becomes the home for these deep capabilities that that's the trend we see we see today and it's it's um exciting because that brings you know gbs into a very very different position in terms of how it delivers value to the enterprise yeah GBS has been around a while, right? And a lot of people yep. think, oh, it's just taking the services, smacking them into one team, and then, then it becomes GBS. But I think as you just rightfully alluded, it becomes actually the hub for co-creation, co-innovation. It becomes the hub for transformation. It becomes basically a, a place to land new technology, a place to land new concepts, new way of thinking of business. And I think looking at it from that lens, GBS becomes extremely sexy. And it doesn't get that bad connotation that it had years ago, right? We are 100%. One client we're working with is saying is grappling exactly with that. Where you know the innovation's coming here. You know, how do we how do we rebrand ourselves? That you know the term GBS itself has reached maybe an end of life, uh, and certainly in their context, we need some other way to say, as you said, you know, this is sexy stuff here in terms of new, innovative. It's, it's pioneering in many cases. What do we call that? You know, it's, GPS becomes you know really fundamental 
organization that holds many capabilities that, that fundamental to how the enterprise operates. That is, and that is a really strong positioning to have, and it's it's uh, genuinely exciting. Yeah, we should find a new name. I don't know. <laughs> That's an active need. That, the clients are searching for that, and it's exciting to see. Uh, you know, if I come back to the to the survey work with uh, CISOEN that we sponsored, really interesting. There is the if we think the next three to five years, we saw you know excellent response there from from uh, many of the respondents. Looking the top two, in fact, the top two uh, priorities for GBS for the next next you know, five year horizon are around experience top two customer and employee and with that that's a signal that that this shift of gbs model has has arrived and that um you know we'll see a lot of slot of attention in making this this move and that means uh we'll see gbs i think become we'll see a lot of innovation around the naming of it of course to give it that um, but um but also a lot of innovation that's going to happen as we see new forms of gbs develop but it's, it's a stunning it's a stunning shift I think seeing that uh, you know that those priorities become num number one and number two: experience, customer, and employee. Now, when you say experience, I think it's a it's a funny one because when we when we see at new experiences, not just employee, not just customer, but as you know, the market rightfully calls it total experience. So, how do you, as an employee and as a customer, get that specific experience? But how do you also get as a company inside your ecosystem? connecting to potentially the planet and then we're talking about ESG, sustainability, values, everything that comes around, right? That experience stretches through because if we look at companies like why do we buy Apple stuff? Why do we buy on Amazon? Why do we buy somewhere else? Because that ecosystem experience is completely, you know, mapped out. That's what they got right. And I think that's where the GBS needs to play a crucial part because today most people, and correct me if I'm wrong, have GBS inside their own organization, but have you seen people stretch it to B to B to B to C, and not just B to C internally? Mm. Or B to E, maybe. Or In, B to E, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, it's I would, it's not it's not the norm, Jessica, but it's definitely that the, the uh, I'd say the the leading GBS are moving in that direction and showing results. Some of it starts with. Suppliers, you know, suppliers are a crucial part of the ecosystem. Again, as you said, what's their experience? If we think of how um, you know how we transact and invoice to pay, for example, as one of those um, one of those crucial areas, uh, that's typically a pretty rough, rough and ready experience. You know, focusing on that, what is going to make the life of our suppliers um, you know, much more efficient, much more effective? What can we do there? We've got. You know, we've seen a lot of clients pick up on that now, that particular one, you know, around supplies, but also one from you know, classic sense of, you know, supply chain. But you picked up on this earlier as well. We're seeing GBS become the, in fact, I think 52% of uh, of respondents in the SSWIN survey now see GBS uh, having a significant role, if not... Um, High responsibility for ESG sort of makes sense when we think about the backbone that is, you know, the transactional backbone and and the functional focus that it and remit that a GBS has. If you've got your people data, if we think of S in the ESG, you've got a lot of risk information there. Through if, if IT is part of uh, of, of um, ESG, anyways, looking at a lot of the risks across the company through ESG, 
uh, and other controls and so forth across the organization. So it makes sense, but it's a big trend, I think, for now organizations to appreciate that GBS is a good home for ESG. Yeah, and I think, you know, they'll probably get there at some point. And I think that a lot of the times, as we rightfully said earlier on, GBS needs a bit of a, I don't know, an image change, I guess. You talked a lot about, you know, some of the examples that you had. Is there any other use case you can allude, allude to where you kind of went like, this is special. They, they've done something which we didn't expect. Yes. Let me do, and once comes to mind as, you know, is, is a, may seem simple in the nature of applying GBS capabilities to a situation, but the situation itself is so dramatic that it, again, shows up um, what the out of, out of the possible is from GBS. And, and our, our colleagues at uh, one large pharmaceutical a client of ours took their own capabilities that they use internally, contact center, service management around ServiceNow, uh, and we're able to apply that to respond to the Ukraine war situation to, to offer and, and provide service to people to be able to to know where, where do they need to go to get their medicines, where's the healthcare and support and so forth. And it's similar to support the victims of the earthquakes in Turkey. So it's it's a really, it's a great case, I think, of saying we've got capabilities and we can offer those up and apply those in very, very rapid time to respond to to emergency situations. So that may not be the example you uh, had in mind, uh, but it's a great one in terms of, you know, the, the sky's the limit. They, once you've got fundamental capabilities of how to serve people, you know, how to respond, how to put a service management wrapper around the situation in, in sp at speed, you know, it's, it's an, you can have incredible impact. Well, the use case might not be sexy from an IT perspective or from a business perspective, but it is sexy from a human perspective. Um, I think if you are in Ukraine or you are in Turkey and you are one of the victims, that's a life-changing thing that you can post there, right? So, yes, absolutely. Now, I, I, maybe another example. If, if uh, one of the one of the situations uh, or, or client situations we, we had just uh, maybe eighteen months ago was supporting um, a number of the large financial institutions who were uh, in their in their climate stress testing. Uh, exercise that was a first first run at, at this and we supported i think five institutions who had needed to work with a common many cases overlapping set of counterparties to to get information across a whole 14 different sectors so a huge amount of different information one needed to be designed and then two collected and we, and here you know we were able to use what would be a classic case of a you know a gbs organization in this case ui work working with ServiceNow platform to be able to you know, create that that so that um, customer in, uh, interaction model to you know to simplify and um, and you know make far more efficient this collection of data across across this landscape and make that a successful you know stress testing uh, exercise. I think those while that not not was not delivered out of a GBS, that's the sort of thing that a GBS is now going to be able to do because and more and more. In similar fashion to the other example I gave with um, in the pharmaceutical space, because of the capabilities as a service that NextWave GBS offers, you can apply those things to new use cases and respond to uh, many new situations that traditionally would not have been a GBS remit. Um, it's, that is, using your words before, that is sexy, that is exciting, 
and it's it's around you know rethinking what is GPS. It's a set of core capabilities you know, for the organization that can be then combined into new and creative ways. You know, when you start to combine and when you start to build out, I think that's when blueprinting comes in. That's when mm-hmm. you start to you know think of similar situations in maybe different verticals. So I think that that's where. When I'm when I'm thinking about GBS and I'm thinking about what we had, like probably you know the offshoring, like in, in you know, years ago, <laughs> with a bad connotation of oh it's a service center and it's not very good and we're offshoring and the service is not fantastic, to where we are today, where the GBS becomes a transformational hub, the innovation hub, the sexy part of the company that actually moves forward and understands you know what should be done in this ever changing world. Now, looking at that, I think blueprinting and learning from each other and co-creating and 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 actually from an EY perspective, looking at that lens on top of that and saying, look, we've done this with customer ABCD. We can give you best practices of others and all of that. I think that alludes to a point where we're at the, I would call it hyperscale of GBS in terms of understanding, hang on, we can now leapfrog as you, as you alluded earlier on, we leapfrog technology, we leapfrog things. We can also leapfrog GBS solutions. Yeah, it's, it's it really like how you said that just to get a sort of a hyper, which is hyperscale, right? How, you know, let's 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 amp it up. Um, it's definitely it's, we're definitely in that zone. If if you know, and clients are starting to really see that potential, look at the out of the possible, and go after it. I think one of the one of the key to quote another client, um, you said the sky is the limit when it comes to this. You know, leveraging service management, leveraging GBS as a one-stop shop or a first-stop shop for the enterprise. He also said, you know, that the most important thing is to build deep foundations, and the deep foundations allow you to grow, you know, go high. But you really need that that uh, that's that's that solid foundations, and that's what that's what can help this hyperscaling. That's recognized. You know, one, we need a platform to operate GBS on as a system of record. Today, there's only one choice, that's ServiceNow. That's that axle we talked about around the flywheel. You've got, it becomes a system of record for your GBS catalog and for your service management. And to get that right and consistent across all of the GBS capabilities that uh, are offered, you know, we need to put in place these foundations, which common service management, you know, in terms of requests, catalog management, knowledge management, all these things that become the standards upon which we can scale and hyperscale, but that's that's the thing where, where you know if there's a call to action we would have is, is inviting clients to to embrace that much more strongly. It requires commitment. It requires putting capabilities in place and digging those deep foundations and the governance around them, the guardrails, so that as new services are you know reimagined with experience-led design, so forth, and brought on board and offered through. Let's say through a one-stop shop, a first-stop shop, they need to be all done and onboarded in a consistent way to make this uh, a truly effective and a game-changing experience. That can be done. There's no magic in it. It's hard work and discipline, and the model's there. And once those foundations are in place, the rest, that scalability becomes becomes a reality, or you know, it becomes real. I think a lot of our listeners will probably go crazy now, and they're like, "Yes, let's hyperscale this thing." Now, for our listeners. How do they get engaged? How do we start with the flywheel? Now, the starting point, I think, is to recognize what is, what's that out of the possible. The next, the new value frontier of what we call next wave GBS is a GBS that's offering 
broad range of capabilities to the enterprise. It becomes the home for a lot of those capabilities, but truly not just traditional, what we'd say, enabling functions, back office, but broader set of capabilities that where it's the best home to the enterprise. It, it, it's offering those, whether they're inside the remit of GBS or not, but on an end-to-end service space. So that's, that's that design it's committed. But we need to recognize that that's the end state and then start putting those foundations in place that we just talked about. That's the sort of core. Um, aim for that future state that opens up new frontier of value. Uh, maybe just to, to comment on that, when we started looking at that in, in my prior context at Novartis, the functions were optimized. Once we started looking at it, you know, and they said we can't do any more. Once you start looking end-to-end, business cases were there like 40, 50 plus percent because suddenly we could see, okay, we've got duplicate work going on here across functions. There are manual breaks. You know, there's multiple things going on there that you don't see with a siloed lens. And so there's, there's that magnitude and more of value by, by taking this approach. And what what is also exciting there, Jessica, this new next wave GBS breaks the deadlock or the trade-off between cost impact or cost optimization and and CSAT or as traditionally measured or experience. The new model is experience and and value impact. It's both. You know, we unlock value in terms of you know cost to serve when we design for what people really want. Then we, you know, it's it's truly something that delivers that they like it, and we don't put any schnickstack on there or other things that they, we think we think they need. It's truly optimized, and so that's you know, come back to your question of you know, what what two organizations need to do. I think it's embrace that. Out of, you know what, what the future state is the next wave start working on those foundations and build up a program to say you know it's going to take it it's going to be a journey let's start putting you know the elements in place and start building it up but taking advantage of the fact that the core of this you know is there's a model for that there's a blueprint for that as you said you don't need to uh, invent it but to just need you know, courage I guess and the stamina and the investment governance and so forth put in, be put in place to, to execute. It's a lot easier when something is in place and you need, just need to tweak it, right? You just need to make sure that it fits your organization. Now, what are some of the key trends that our listeners should be following or looking into for the future? We talked about one of these, which is, I think, uh, ESG. Uh, I think that uh, is particularly important. Not, there's a reporting aspect to that, which is clearly today's, today's world. I think more importantly is how do we, and this is where GBS also, as we said earlier, has a, a key role to play. How do we make that actionable across the organization? I think there, uh, that will be the next frontier that to, to look out for, in particular to use, come back to the system of record notion here, when, when we're using ServiceNow in the way we describe this as the service bus, if you like, or the, you know, as the service system of record for, for GBS. You know, we start to integrate across the enterprise. We have a lot of data there around how the enterprise is operating. And we can start to, um, and, and particularly if we start putting and combining that with risk management, which clearly also could be either interfaced or leveraging ServiceNow, CRM, it, it becomes a very interesting way to start to embed ESG, not as just reporting, but at action, you know, monitoring, taking action, programmatic way to improve an organization's um, outcomes when it comes to, to ESG. That's one. You know, I think technology, when we look at that survey that um, EY sponsored with SSON, we just see a massive expectation of what technology can, can bring us. And 
I think there, if I, I think the big the big thing is there is GBS uh, a catalyst for for understanding how to um, take advantage of new technologies and apply those across the enterprise. It comes back to capabilities as, as a service. How do I investigate new technologies, bring it online, offer it across the enterprise, and be uh, an advocate for for potential? Fantastic. There's a lot of potential up ahead. Scott, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Today, it was a very informative and actionable for our audience. I think they've learned a lot. They also see now that GBS is a little bit more sexy than what we used to know, right? It's on the way. It's, it's on, the, on way. the way. Thank you all for our listeners. Please subscribe and share if you like what you heard today and be sure to join us for our next episode. Thank you. Thank you.